You skating around, you being politically correct. You not being Keisha. Like, tell the motherfuckers what's going on. Real talk. This is why they're scared of us right now. This is why we can't get what we're supposed to be. But, but, but Let me tell you but something. But people need to know that. Because if, people people right now are looking for, and I tell people all the time, they're looking for a person that's, that's larger than um, life, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, they're the, the whole federal presidential election um, was... People looking for a savior. They're looking for somebody to save well, them see, from the forty-five. Now, see, let me tell you what makes me unique. Mm-hmm. Because while some people are looking for a savior, I'm teaching people how to save themselves. Mm-hmm. So my my job is not to save you. My job is to put people in position to not only save themselves but save their children, their families. Because I strongly believe that many of the dynamics you see going on in the city of Harvey mm-hmm. is because of lack of leadership. So I in my so, doc, lead- so now that now we talk now so, this is Keisha. Well, that other stuff was Doctor McCaskill. I'm talking to Keisha. Well, you asked Keisha. Why did she get Doctor McCaskill? But that's, that's, what, that's what needs about. to be done. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, it's the leadership. Anytime that's that you vote in a person and they put, um, I'll give you a prime example. Now mm-hmm. you all don't. Anytime you bring somebody and put them in office and they put speed bumps on a sta- on the same street with large potholes, how does that make any sense? For the person that voted for you, they should be questioning, what the hell was I thinking? Right. That I would vote for somebody that didn't see the common sense in this one small thing. And to some other people, that's a small thing, but that's huge. Who would think that you would have at this point, a city that still does not have lights. You're supposed to come into your seat understanding and having built relationships with people. That's why you run, because of the resources you can bring to the table. Stop running for positions that you are not prepared. Forget qualifications. Forget Dr. McCaskill. I'm talking about from a Keisha perspective. You have to love this city enough to say, what am I willing to do as a personal investment? Just like when we came to the Harvey Park District, mm-hmm. they were ready to close the doors because of the malfunction, the malfeasance of finances right. prior to us being there. Right. So we had to make a decision. Do we let the doors close or do we start looking at how to leverage our personal relationships and our professional relationships to help keep these doors open? Right. We did what we had to do. Right. So when you begin to vote people in the position, you want to vote people that are going to actually take care of your kids. Stop voting for people based on who you like. You don't have to like me, but you have to respect the fact that, man, I know Dr. McCaskill a dog when it comes to those children, so she's going to get down. Period. So, I mean, the political stuff, it's got to be principle over personality. So let me ask you a question. So we talk about dumb stuff, right? (laughs) And it's a whole lot of dumb stuff in my community. Now you know we off the break. Okay, but dumb stuff. We off, buddy, we own. You never know. Don't blame me. <laughs> but no. So, do you think dumb is trying to build a school in school district 152 when the test scores are low? Um, we don't have enough children to even fill a, a new school. Why would we try to build a new school and we are losing children on a monthly basis out of our school district? Yeah, but see, look, that's a double-edged sword. I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you why. Because one, I can see the, let me give you the low end first. Mm-hmm. The low end is that we have several schools that already have several empty school buildings and the enrollment is low, fact. Mm-hmm. However, if you're going to build one school 
and have it set up where that school services the majority of the kids, meaning you're moving a lot of children into that school so mm -hmm. they can receive the same learning, the same curriculum, everyone's on the same page, there are not all these other dynamics, then you're dealing with something else. If we can build a school that can, well, now we have COVID, so we'll see which way that goes, right. but if you can actually build a institution that can house these children and give them the state-of-the-art resources mm -hmm. versus paying for several different little schools, then I could see where that could be beneficial. Mm -hmm. We have some principals in our districts and some teachers that are just dynamic. I'm talking about nationally regarded. We have a band director in, um, at Gwendolyn Brooks Junior High School. He can go and be a band director anywhere. I would challenge him to go to any university he selects, but he chooses to stay here. We need to leverage those types of resources and make everything better. So it's not just about the brick and mortar of a building. It's about what you're putting in there and the resources are the teachers. Absolutely. So. All right. Now. We can cut. Oh. <laughs> join Anthony L. McCaskill podcast. Now join us for today's episode. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to the uh, Anthony McCaskill Incorporated uh, podcast show. Uh, today we have a very special guest that I know very, very well. Um, I want you guys to help me welcome Dr. Keisha McCaskill uh, to the podcast show. Dr. McCaskill, how you doing? Great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Good. So we're going to talk um, briefly about your role as the executive director for the Harvey Park District. Um, and then we'll talk about your community outreach um, as a youth and now as an adult. And then we'll talk about uh, your candidacy for School District 152. Okay. So real quick, um, Harvey has a very um, unique statue when it comes to community, uh, the people in the community um, as a whole. What are some of the things that the Harvey Park District has done to help bridge the gap between um, the children, the seniors, and everyone as a whole as in the city of Harvey? Um, well, <clears throat> I came to the Harvey Park District in May of 2015, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I believe makes us most dynamic um, is the city of Harvey operates four separate government entities, mm -hmm. um, being one of the individual entities. Um, it's been our responsibility to make sure that we try and partner as much as possible, not only with the other go other government entities, but also with the various churches and community organizations. We've had some really good success over these years. Um, I must admit, during the COVID-19 crisis, that is what I am most proud of. Okay. Um, we never closed our doors, although we had to decrease significantly the amount of activities we were doing. We continue to have activities throughout um, the uh, throughout the crisis. We continue to have activities even now, and that was very very important. Okay. Primarily because we were one of the only entities that was actively reaching out to our seniors in our senior buildings and in their homes, um, reaching out to children and students and families just to find out what their needs were. Um, my staff was great. Um, with regard to um, going to the senior buildings during, we also had a storm. So we um, we weren't just the park district. We were actually a community care center, if okay. you would. All right. So um, I've seen some, some very great improvements with the Harvey Park District. Uh, one of the things is the lighting program that you brought um, where all the buildings uh, receive LED lights. 
talk about that real quick and what how is that a cost saving for the park district? Um, that's significant. Um, in the city of Harvey, we have 22 parks and we okay. have four buildings, four actual facilities. And a lot of the residents that have been here 50 years don't know that and don't really take advantage of all of the amenities that we have. So with those three buildings, um, the administrative building being the fourth, um, we've got new lighting put in. Okay. Um, this is going to save us thousands of dollars, primarily because most of our buildings are very, very old. Okay. And so um, the upgrades had not been there. Okay. So that's going to be significant. The okay. other thing is it puts us in a position to host different types of events. So, for example, in the Gloria Taylor Banquet Hall, which is our premier location, mm -hmm. we have the option now of having more entertainers. We had people that wanted to rent the facilities, but because we didn't have things as simple as demo lights. Right. Um, they weren't able to use our facility. So we have that now. So we're looking to do a lot more entertainment here and um, do a lot more outreach and programming. Okay. So what do you think? So, you know, the electricity is very expensive um, everywhere. Um, how much of a cost saving do you think we'll be saving maybe 10 percent, 15 percent in our, our monthly billing? Or is that something that's just a one time fee? No. Uh, well, according to ComEd, and we had several meetings um, with the different programs that we use. Um, one of the companies we went through was Boralis. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they showed us um, in some of our buildings, the electric, the wattage and because the lighting had not been upgraded, um, we were expending a lot more lighting than we were actually using or a lot more wattage than we okay. were actually using. So to that effect, they're stating that we can save up to 27 percent wow. each month, which is going to be significant in Gloria Taylor because it is the largest building. And then in our other buildings, such as homes, we do a lot of recreational. Okay. So it's going to be significant as well. Okay. Well, that's, that's good as um, far as cost savings. So let's jump into uh, programming. Right. So one of the biggest stigmas um, from the Harvey Park District as residents, as you go through social media, see uh, some some very positive uh, feedback, but also some negative feedback um, that they say that we have no programs for children in the city of Harvey. Can you expound on a the things that you brought and b the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The interaction with the parents actually bringing those children to those programs. What I would say. Um well, one, let me begin by saying that we have a lot of activities all the time. Okay. And I want to give a shout out to the parents of school districts, Harvey, uh, Harvey School Districts 152 and 147. They have been awesome. We've worked with the community liaisons at each one of those school districts since I've been in position. Okay. And the children come out. Right. For people that don't know what programs we have, I uh, would banter to say that they choose not to know. Correct. And I say that only because uh, we have a senior program. But prior to COVID, we had senior programming three days a week, literally. Wow. Uh, we've gone on field trips. We've gone out of town. We've um, had bingo on site. We do everything from lunches to dances as it relates to children. We have two soccer programs that have been very successful since I've been here, since 2015. Okay. We have a baseball team that goes to... Um, the championships all the time. Okay. We have um, 
the wrestling team that's been here since I was a child, and it continues to flourish. Okay. We have uh, our summer camp program is dynamic. We are the only summer camp program in the south suburb suburban area that only spends two days on campus. The other three days of the week, our children are gone um, doing activities. Okay. We have events. Mm -hmm. When we get beyond the program, we have events. Even during COVID, we still had our annual coat giveaway, okay. our um, breakfast with Santa, even though we had to have lunch with Santa this year. We had our um, Halloween, which the children always look forward to. So we continue to have all of our programming. And in addition to that, as a district, we continued our community service. We did PPEs. We actually did um, on-site and off-site. We worked with C Spire. Um, and other community activists. So um, the concept that there's nothing going on is unfortunate, and I would just encourage people to just get out and get involved. Okay. All right, so let me ask you this question. So we, you talked about all the different programs. You talked about the different events that the Harvey Park District have. From a financial standpoint, um, how is the Harvey Park District today? Um, in 2021, how are the finances and how's the Harvey Park District doing as a whole? You know, um, my commissioners and I, we laugh about this all of the time. They um, accuse me of being able to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Okay. And we do that very well. Um, while we don't have a huge surplus or a lot of funding, mm -hmm. um, we have been very blessed in the sense that we've had enough community partnership and business partnership to help us, mm -hmm. excuse me, um, sustain and maintain programming um, as if we have no deficit. And I'm extremely um, proud of that because of the condition the Park District was in when I came in 2015. Right. Uh, when you're talking um, 4.2 uh, or possibly a little higher million dollars in debt, and to see now that we have none of that um, is significant right. um, in such a short period of time. Um, coming into a Park District that was um, bombarded with legal issues yeah. that were costing lawsuits that were costing us Programming, to be perfectly right. honest, because you're paying out money so you can't pay for instructors. Right. So that, um, things like that. So at this point, we are doing very well, I'm happy to say. Um, it's put us in a position where we're able to have a lot of free programming and then very low-cost programming. Okay. Um, two programs that I failed to mention that I really want to get out there is we do have, we did continue to maintain our um, Get Fit with Coco, okay. which is an exciting uh, fitness program. We have that every Tuesday and Thursday, and we also have our stepping classes with Reggie the Maestro Whitley, okay. and those are two programs that are excellent. Where are those programs held and what time? Well, um, Get Fit with Coco is at 5.30 to 6.30 at Holmes Recreational Center. Okay. And um, Step In with the Maestro, and that's at Holmes as well. Okay. And then starting next week, we're able to host our um, virtual bingo, okay. which is going to be huge. So even in the midst of COVID, we're still going. Okay. So um, as a Harvey resident, um, as you know, um, I, I drive through the community all the time, and I see in the summertime that the parks are maintained, probably the best they've ever been. Um, also, I see that, you know, the parks are clean. A lot of paper and stuff um, is being picked up on a daily basis and also see that you guys had a, a great mulch program going on this summer. Just talk about what is it as a director, what is your directive to uh, the contractors or the staff as far as cleaning and making things uh, beautification for the park district? 
Um, you know what? Our model is simple, safe and clean. Okay. And that is what we impress upon our contractors. That's what we impress upon our staff, great customer service. Um, those who have encountered my staff and have encountered me, we try to give the highest level of respect possible. Right. I believe that customer service is what sells. Um, with regard to our parks, I'm excited about the parks. This year we did a lot of focus on just getting the, utilizing the time off from COVID to make sure our parks were up to standard, getting rid of old trees that were beginning to break down, um, making sure that the um, parks were aligned properly, yeah. and then also keeping a very close eye on the trash. And that's always one of my very public pleas is that we as a district can clean the parks, but it's up to the community to help us keep the parks clean. Right. You know, when you have people coming from other cities mm -hmm. to enjoy your parks and leave their trash, that speaks to our community. We right. need to be more diligent in our efforts. As parents, when we take our children to the parks and they walk across the street, that's a beautiful thing to be able to walk across the street from your home and have a nice, clean park and Absolutely. a safe park. So we would encourage our parents, make sure your children put their trash in the trash cans. Yeah. Um, as adults, we just have to care more about the space that we live in, mm -hmm. and it is definitely a reflection of us. Right. Okay, so it seems like... Basically, that Harvey is through your bloodstream through and through. Um, let's talk about uh, Dr. McCaskill um, as a child growing up in the city of Harvey and the expectations that you faced, um, you know, growing up. <laughs> okay. Um, I was born 1971 right here in the city of Harvey okay. at Ingalls Memorial Hospital. Okay. Um, I attended Tompkins Tiny's Tots. Uh, daycare center. I attended Whittier Elementary School. I was a Whittier Wildcat. Okay. I attended um, Gwendolyn Brooks Junior High School. I attended Thornton High School. Okay. That is the um, extent of my foundation here in Harvey. I was a, um, a camper. Okay. In the Harvey Park District when I was a child. I was a junior camp counselor when I would come home from college. Okay. So I understand um, the investment that I have as an individual in my city. Mm -hmm. I am very vested not only in the city itself, the brick and mortar, but the people. Because what I'm finding is that as people transition into the city, they don't have the same love. And I feel like it's up to us to help them develop it okay. and to understand that while Harvey does not look like much, we may not be rich in resource, but we are rich in people. And I believe that that... I was brought up believing that that is how you um, engage your city and love your community. Um, community service from a very young age. We were taught to work with our seniors. Um, we never left the senior hanging in the sense that when we see you carrying in groceries, we were taught that you go and help them bring their groceries Absolutely. in. Um, we were taught to be uh, mindful and respectful of people's property. You know, um, if you, if my brother saw someone sh older trying to shovel their snow, he went and shoveled their snow. It wasn't a matter of uh, if you want to do it. Right. I think sometimes uh, children today may have a little, they may have a little bit too much flexibility in what they choose and choose not to do. Um, the other thing is, I don't see. We took pride in our community. So when I was a child, myself, my neighbors, our friends, our family, mm -hmm. 
we took part in the activities in our city. So we looked forward to going to the fireworks. We looked forward to being on a team or what I find now as a director as the park district is many of the participants in our programs are not from the city of Harvey. Wow. With our summer camp, uh, excuse me, we take on, we've had the privilege of allowing some people to attend for free. We've been able to accept the medical card um, as a sense of, as a resource. Mm -hmm. But we have students or particular campers coming from Olympia Fields, Homewood. Um, we had children as far as Madison attend our camp program. Okay. And that speaks volumes to the quality of the program. However, as a Harvinian, I would like to see the majority of our children coming from here. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. All right, so we're back. Um, we're still with Dr. McCaskill, and she talked about her role as the executive director of the Harvey Park District, uh, her role as a youth growing up in the city of Harvey uh, with community service um, and voluntold. Uh, that's a new word for the day. Not volunteer, but voluntold. That's right. Um, so we're going to talk to Dr. McCaskill. Um, you used to be a school board member for District 152. Um, while on the school board, what were some of the accomplishments that you made and what is it that you want to see done differently moving forward? Well, it was a pleasure serving on the board um, 2013 through 2017, actually. Um, I think some of the best accomplishments were as a board, we worked collectively to just identify best practices for the district. Um, everything from bringing or utilizing um, bringing back the, the utilization of school books, textbooks, understanding that children worked differently. Um, although we had two different superintendents during my tenure, I believe that with the second uh, superintendent, we were able to make some really good strides, um, being very teacher-oriented, mm -hmm. making sure that our teachers had a lot more input into um, how the curriculum should move forward, and actually being able to witness and see movement in scores um, going up and there being more of a holistic growth for the children. Okay. So I was told that you um, have thrown your head back in the ring as a candidate for School District 152 coming up in the 2021 uh, elections, which is April of this year. That's correct. Um what do you what so what's what motivated you to get back and try to run for school board member? Uh, that's the first question. And then the second question, with all the issues with uh, virtual learning and online learning uh, with the pandemic situation, how do we get the test scores up uh, for our children? because right now, based on the Illinois um, School Board Association or ISBE, um, the test scores like, so when, when children are leaving out of Brooks Junior High, uh, they're reading like at a 3.8, 3.9 GPA, which is fourth grade. What is that you want to do to get, the, how do we get those test scores up? Because I'm also alumni of School District 152, and that was, uh, that was no way in the world that, A, the board, the administration, or the parents would accept those, those test scores. Well, um, let me start by saying that 
one of the biggest mistakes in learning and in education is teaching to the test. Okay. And I believe that, I believe very strongly that there are better opportunities and alternative ways of learning um, to assist our children in becoming um, good academics, but also good citizens um, that are beyond teaching to a standardized test that does not take into consideration the various levels of learning. And that is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to get back into the race, because I understand clearly, um, having been a remote learner, that there is a huge transition, there is a gap in between uh, how a child learns in a classroom versus how they're learning in a remote learning setting. But people are leaving out the fact that while there's a transition for the children, there's also a huge transition for teachers because not all teachers are equipped to do the remote learning. Um, There is a mental and an emotional transition that happens um, when you go from learning one style of learning to another. That's in anything. If you go from um, being a non-swimmer to being thrown into a pool, there is a curve. And because of COVID, they were not able to really adjust to that curve. I believe that um, one of the things that is going to separate me from um, other candidates in the race is that I do have a lot of experience having been a remote learner, but also being an adjunct professor. So I teach online and I also do hybrid. So I believe that I can bring some of those techniques to the school district, helping them understand the importance of it, but how it can actually be effective. Um, being a Having a background in policy and reorganization, um, understanding how to write policies and put things in place so that we can, one, keep the schools safe because of the COVID situation, but also helping our teachers and our students make those transitions, helping our building leaders learn how to lead in a different um, environment because it's hard to lead teachers that you don't see. Um, Learning how to do, there's just a lot of transition that I believe that I can make a difference with. Okay. So... I remember you said that you um, are alumni of Whittier Wildcats. So am I. Um, also, uh, Brooks Junior High. Yeah. How do we, as a community, um, as parents, make the administration, along with the school board, accountable for raising the test scores and how much of the time frame are we looking at? Because let's just say, for instance, a child graduates from Gwendolyn Brooks Junior High at a 3.8. By the time they get to District 205 or whatever high school district they're going to, um, if there's not a huge spurt in educational learning for that for that child, they might graduate at, let's say, an eighth grade level. Then everybody's pushing their children to go to school, um, whether it's um, South Suburban College or Prairie State or... Uh, Moraine Valley, those different schools, but now your kid has to take remedial classes, so they're leaving with an associate degree of about sixty to seventy thousand dollars. When you know you can go to a four university for that type of money, so how do we close that gap with this test scoring, and how do we get the children up to standard? In your opinion, again, um, as it relates to if you want to test directly for scores, okay. then it requires you to have the the same curriculum across the board so that you know what variables that you're actually measuring. Okay. So, for example, if you're going to have um, a set of textbooks, Scholastic Spore, 
um, zero through three, so that they could have some continuity in the learning, then you want to have that same curriculum at all of the schools, zero, one through three. And that's important because you want to be able to see, you want to be able to measure how are they actually learning the material. Uh. And then the same thing for every grade. So you want to make sure that there's some continuity across the board that you can actually measure against. But being a proponent of holistic learning, I I strongly believe that it's going to take more than just textbooks. If you're talking about closing the gap that you're speaking of with regard to academic, there's also a social-emotional component, and there's an equity component that comes with that. So we can't just teach to the child. It means teaching to the whole family. Again, that's another dynamic, and it's going to take us working collaboratively with teachers and the building leaders and the superintendent to find out what they feel those needs are. And then we're going to have to bring in external resources, your um, DCFS workers, your social workers, your counselors. Um, And just to think uh, with special education, we're going to have to increase resources specifically for that dynamic. So we have to begin to teach to the lonely child, the emotional child, the um, hungry child, the homeless child. So we can't just teach to the test. We have to teach to the child. And we have to get our teachers on board with wanting to do that. Right. So the one thing you touched on that made a lot of sense, because when I was in elementary school, when we taught, when we were taught from the books, the books were relevant to the test. And so if one school had a set of books and a different school had a set of books, there's no way that the test scores were ever raised because everybody's learning at different patterns or with different um, curriculum, right? So what you say make a lot of sense. And then if you don't mind me adding, one of the things that needs to be taken that we really need to take a look at, I would like to see the school board have a much more vested interest in challenging our state lawmakers because you have a lot of people making um, decisions about education that are uneducated. Mm -hmm. We vote for popularity. We don't vote for education and we definitely don't vote for sometimes who's best to do the job. So while you're voting for popularity, that means you're leaving out what's actually a necessity to getting the job done. And that's where your boards come in. And I do hold our boards responsible for that. There should have been, when I was on the board, there was much, much more of an active Um, approach to going to Springfield, there needs to be a lot more activity on challenging the status quo. You cannot expect children that are learning algebra in kindergarten to perform the same as children that don't start learning algebra to second grade. So we need to be challenging that. We need to challenge how standardized testing does not take into consideration the different dynamics of the child's learning environment. Um, So Those are some of the things that I think are just very, very important. But again, that continuity of care, if they're going to insist on using textbook to be the test, then it needs to be consistent across the board. Okay, makes a lot of sense. So we're going to close out, um, and I want you to talk to the audience um, on this podcast and look into the camera and tell them why Dr. Keisha McCaskill is the best candidate for School District 152, and how are you going to hold your counterparts um, accountable for making sure the children are not left behind? 
Thank you. So um, I'm asking you to vote for myself, Dr. McCaskill. Um, I could go on and on about the things that I would like to see done in our community and things I would like to see done in our district. Most important to me, students, teachers, and community. I strongly believe that if we bring those three dynamics together and we work with them to find a common goal and not just teaching to a test, we will do very, very well with our children's learning. With regard to holding um, the board accountable, um, I believe that, I strongly believe that the candidates that are running, I believe that they are all good people with good intent. And I would do just as I did before. If there are things that are not going well, I will definitely bring it to their attention, but also bring them the documentation to support what I'm saying, um, because we're not working off of uh, opinion. I would be working directly off of fact. And those that are running in the race, um, they know that I'm running with integrity. Um, they know um, I am very diligent in what I do. And so I think they would expect nothing less from me than to be um, a, a leader along with my board members as additional leaders and working with them to move the district forward. But Dr. McCaskill, accountability is something higher than just bringing factual information to the board. How are you going to make those board members uh, accountable? Like, for instance, when they vote on things that they know damn well are not supposed <laughs> to be voted on because it has nothing to do with the children. It has to do with politics. We're talking about Harvey's a very political town, as you know. What are you going to do? What channels are you going to go to to make sure that the people that elect you, if elected, um, are going to make sure that you hold those people that they also elect accountable for the things that they do? That's look straight into the camera. Tell the audience exactly what your measure is going to be to hold people accountable um, as we move forward. I'm taking it to the people, period. Okay. The people voted you in. The people wanted you. Yeah. The decisions that are made are supposed to be on behalf of the people. So if you're doing anything that is not in their best interest, then I would be calling on the people, the citizens, the residents, the parents, the taxpayers to get actively involved okay. and to come out to those board meetings and begin to hold people accountable. Um, you voted us in. You have a level of expectation of us. And that would be your responsibility. Absolutely. Okay. Now, that's a lot better. You can find out more about me at www.votemccaskill.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thank you, Dr. McCaskill, for your time. Um, we're going to close out this session again. The Anthony McCaskill Incorporated podcast is sponsored by Anthony McCaskill and Anthony McCaskill Incorporated, also 3A Maintenance LLC. All right. Thank you, Dr. McCaskill. You're welcome. Thank you for joining today's podcast with Anthony L. McCaskill. Visit www.anthonylmccaskillinc.com. Until then, stay connected and informed with Anthony L. McCaskill, a proven leader you can trust. Thank you.